Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Sam. Are you ready? I am prepared. <laughs> Stuck at the office or traffic jam. Time to take it easy with Alyssa and Sam. Is that show you know? A pro. Okay, so today we're joined with one of our favorite um, girl crushes from Vancouver, Miss Shaughnessy. Hello. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So for those of you who don't know, Shaughnessy is a little bit of a living legend here. <laughs> um, she is an eyebrow artist. She has her own studio, and she is just about to open her own cafe as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Many things. Yeah. <laughs> so she's got, she's got lots of, like, spoons in the pot. What's that she analogy? She's got... I mean, I think so you just many need spoons. <laughs> I just made it up now. Please start using that. <laughs> so we wanted to talk a little bit about kind of like the journey to success, what that looks like, what that feels like. Um, and, you know, being kind of like non-traditional roles, because this is something that for a lot of people is like really scary. It's something that a lot of people want to pursue, but they don't really know how people end up getting there. Yeah. Um, and so... I'm obviously in a non-traditional job. Alyssa, you recently quit your longtime job. I did. Eight eight good years. Woo-hoo. Solid, solid years. <laughs> and so you're pursuing acting now. So that's yeah. kind of like a huge transitional phase. And then that's Shaughnessy, amazing. you are just doing all kinds of stuff. <laughs> just so you're many random things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how did you, like, I'm, I'm curious how you got into that. Like, what was your first job? And then how did that kind of segue into what you're doing now? So, I guess taking it back to high school, my very first job was actually in Fort Langley, which is hilarious because I did not grow up in Langley. I now live and work in Langley and all my businesses are there. Um, But I worked at the Fort Pub as a dishwasher, (laughs) (laughs) if anyone who's been there. Um, That was, my dad was working there as well and it was just kind of like, hey, we need someone, here you go. So, I was given a job right away. Um, that didn't last too long. Um, and then I actually moved to Nelson, BC after I graduated and I worked at a dollar store, typical <laughs> retail job. It was great though. I mean, I just like worked my butt off and saved enough money so that I can move back to Vancouver on my own. Um, and then after that, actually, I kind of got into the tattoo industry right away. I was working in like body modification, like selling body jewelry, um, at different retail stores, kind of in the mall. Um, there was different locations all over the place that I jumped around at. Um, and then basically I started going to university. So Emily Carr Art University, oh, cool. which was great. Um, but I was still working at the same time. And then I actually got another job at a tattoo studio in Vancouver called The Fall. So I was just doing like front desk there, which is that kind of sparked the interest for sure. Like I was already into piercings and all that kind of crazy hair colors and all that. Um, but working in a tattoo environment just having so many people walk in getting tattooed like you get so inspired and I just wanted to be covered and I wanted to tattoo like I just I really knew that I could do something cool um and I have a bit more of like a drawing background and I draw a lot of realism and were you always artistic like even when you were working at the dollar store and stuff like that like was that something that you were like this is what I want to do totally so even at the dollar store they kind of put me in charge of ordering like the arts and crafts section and I was the like (laughs) merchandiser and had to make sure everything looked nice and all the displays in the windows and stuff so that was kind of nice like I enjoyed that job for that reason um but yeah my mom has always said growing up like you're gonna be the artist and your brother's gonna be a doctor and I I feel like (laughs) I've said this probably on another podcast but my brother is not a doctor (laughs) I was just gonna say is your brother a doctor (laughs) but yeah it definitely worked out I think we always knew from a young age that like I was always drawing and it was just something that I loved. So it's great that I get to do that on people's faces now. But yeah. How did you get into that niche? Because I feel like, I mean, I don't know. From my perspective, I feel like there was no one else. <laughs> like, yeah. it was just like, it was Shaughnessy kind of thing. Um, so like, how did you get into like such a niche market like that? And when Sam says niche, she means um, microblading, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like such a unique, different type of like, that's basically all I was doing for a really long time. Um, it's funny to think that I kind of was one of the first to kind of bring it to Instagram, I would say. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say, like, I did it first. But at <laughs> but the I time, did it first. <laughs> like, I noticed that there was a lack in Vancouver, at least. Like, we would get clients coming into the, the shop that I worked at. Like, do you do permanent makeup? Do you do eyeliner and eyebrows and stuff like that? And I was like, no way, we don't do that here. 
and it got to the point where it was obviously something that people wanted still and there was no good quality artists out there and nothing that looked really realistic so with my like drawing realism background and working in the tattoo environment I was like you know what this is pretty cool like I I think I could do something different I don't know when I started looking into it I honestly knew nothing about microblading that was still not a big thing in Vancouver um so I found a course that taught that technique basically but I mean honestly I I feel like I've learned more after that (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's the way with uh, with um anything like tactile like that even I know that this is so different but even bartending like you can take bartending courses and you're like sure I know what goes in an old-fashioned but you're not gonna get that like repetition and like perfecting cocktails and stuff like that unless you just do it that's true Yeah. yeah and finding your own style too I feel like like you can't you can just follow a guideline or you can follow what exactly what someone tells you to do but it's just gonna look like everyone else's work so I think that was something for me that I noticed like I really like the kind of runway fluffy brushed up crazy eyebrow and I've kind of always done a bolder brow for myself and I was like why isn't anyone throwing in these little random crazy hairs and almost like these flaws because it's a tattoo no one would think to ever do that like make it perfect or don't do it at all but that's what makes it realistic I think to me and same with the freckles at the time um I always wanted freckles like I, I still draw them on my face every day but back then um I was asking all the tattoo artists that worked with me like can you tattoo freckles on my face and they're like no way I'm not doing that <laughs> so as soon as I got like my hands on my first tattoo machine I tattooed my own freckles and I posted it on Instagram and people were like holy crap like what is this why would you do that but it got so much good feedback that people wanted it so it's just one of those things like freckles are considered a flaw for a lot of people as well and I think tattooing those unique features is what stands out and made me stand out at the time it totally does because I do feel like there's such a difference like if I was to pull up like a bunch of like microblading pictures I feel like I would be able to tell what is yours versus somebody else's yeah and it is so much more realistic and I think the thing that's really interesting that you've been able to do as well is like I think you've been able to curate a selection of artists that really represent your style Mm -hmm. and like I feel like it's not something where if someone was to go to like a junior artist at your studio that they would be like oh yeah but it's not Shaughnessy yeah like I feel like the work is is so phenomenal across the board and they're going to get kind of a similar feel no matter who they're going to and that's like that's rare and I think it's it's cool because we do each like we all embody kind of that natural look that's always our goal to make it look as realistic as possible but each individual artist still has their own unique style too like some prefer a wild crazy brow and some prefer a little more clean brow so that tailors to the clients as well because not everyone who wants my work like (laughs) I do get clients every once in a while they're like I want them really really thin and really really perfect I'm like okay but that's like not what I do but I'll I'll do it for you sure how about really big and really fluffy (laughs) yeah well let's just give you a unibrow instead Um, uh, what drew you to tattooing specifically in the beginning? Because you said you did get a job at a, at a tattoo shop. Yeah. How did that come about? Was it always something that you were like, I want to do this? Were you watching like LA Inc.? Were you looking at <laughs> Ami? Because same. Uh, <laughs> different thing. What, who, what was Ami's? No, he was Miami Inc. Miami. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, because I started working in that industry quite young, like pretty much right out of high school, when you're like so cool in that industry you don't like those shows like Miami <laughs> Inc is lame but at the so same I'm time not no cool. no I'm just saying like <laughs> guilty pleasure I watched Kidding. every episode of LA Inc like I just I think like the Kat Von D empire and everything pre what's going on now I yeah. guess but <laughs> was amazing and it grew so fast and it was so cool like I think I did get inspired by her a little bit because she was a tattoo artist she was an artist herself she knew how to draw she was also good with makeup and like there were so many other things she wanted to design all these other things and I feel like that's my brain I'm like I want to do everything let me just put my hands and put my all my spoons in all the pots basically (laughs) thank you yeah I feel cool now (laughs) (laughs) but um I mean that those shows were so popular as well at the time right when I got into working in that industry so I guess just the popularity of tattoos in general like random people older ladies people that you didn't really think were getting tattooed were starting to come into the studio that I worked at um and I was already getting tattooed so I was already kind of had that obsession and going to art school too like you want to decorate everything so Mm. decorate your body I was drawing all over my pants I was like 
always customizing everything. So I think that just appealed to me. Um, and it wasn't until I realized like there was a need in that um, permanent makeup kind of industry that I really like got obsessed and I started focusing on people's facial features even more and like how could I do something super unique that no one's doing and yeah honestly I feel like the passion just switched over right away from Mm -hmm. wanting to do body tattoos to now like this is such a cool unique thing that nobody's really specializing in yet and if they are it's like an older woman who doesn't really know how to work the internet and no one (laughs) she doesn't have like an Instagram portfolio so it's unfortunate because there is a lot of amazing artists out there but some of them don't use the internet so yeah and so how did you actually like start your physical studio like how did that kind of come to be um so I was working at that tattoo shop in Vancouver for I think seven or eight years I worked my way up to the management position and that's when I became like a microblade artist I guess you would call it cosmetic tattoo artist um and luckily I was working in that environment already so I had a space to take clients which kind of blew up like I was planning to manage and then tattoo maybe a couple days a week but it didn't work out because I was getting a lot of requests which was great um but I kind of felt like the industry or the studio that I was working at is great but it's a little more harsh than what my clientele would feel comfortable in Mm. Mm. so I thought like I'm getting a lot of middle-aged women and and younger girls and people that don't have tattoos basically so we kind of had the idea to create a studio that is kind of like a spa Kind of like a tattoo shop, like a cooler vibe. But and that is what it relaxing. feels like. Yeah. 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 And there's also a need for that too. Um, so we basically realized like people were traveling to see me wherever I was. So we wanted to buy a house. So we moved out to Langley and we're like, you know what? We can get a bigger space out here. We can find a really cool studio and people will come to us. There's free parking out here. Like it's unheard of in Vancouver. So we kind of moved our life over to Langley and it's worked out really well. And now it's now we have, I think, seven artists on our team, and it's blossomed a lot, so. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, that- I just wanted to quickly say a note. So for those of you listening that are not from Vancouver, um, Langley is, like, basically the suburbs of, of Vancouver, so it's a little bit out of the way. So yeah. I can imagine that, like, it was a little bit almost like of a risky feeling, like, ooh, like, are people totally. going to come to us kind of thing? Well, especially um, that I had so many Vancouver clients already, too. I was, like okay, so your follow-up appointments will now be in language. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you still going to want to see me? And they're like, oh, that's totally fine. I mean, luckily, it's only something you have to see me maybe once a year. Yeah. It's not like getting your hair done. We have to constantly go. But Well, and that's the thing. It's like, it's permanent, right? Like, that's something you're willing to travel for. <laughs> yeah, like, if I was exactly. just getting, like, a quick acrylic nails put on, sure, I'll go wherever kind of thing. But, like, eh, your face. someone tattooing my face, <laughs> I think I'll travel for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I travel for my hair, too. It just depends. If you really appreciate the artwork, you'll you'll go. You'll go. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so now you're kind of, because you started your studio, and then you also, was your second business the um, business with your husband, like, Ink Barber? So yeah, I honestly don't have much of an affiliation with that company. Um, so Shay's husband, Shannon, he is the ink barber on Instagram. He's amazing at the scalp micropigmentation, which for those of you who don't know, it's basically tiny tattooing tiny little dots all over the scalp to make it look like you have a fuller hairline or basically a hair follicle. Um, and it's amazing for men who are balding or women who are thinning. It's just so cre- It's amazing. Um, but he was tattooing in our studio originally, which was great. It definitely made sense. But we have so many female clients and a room full of women when you first walk in. And it was a little intimidating for some of those men who are wanting to do something that's really personal. And they don't necessarily mm. want people to know. Mm. So we decided to take over the space upstairs from our studio. Um, and then my husband and Shay's husband basically branched off and opened up the Ink Barber. Or Ink Barber, which just, it's kind of more... I call it like the man cave version of the studio <laughs> yeah. Sushiko, but it's it's really beautiful up there and there's female clients as well, but it's a lot more private and it's it's super cool. And I think it makes sense to separate it that way. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's my husband's business. <laughs> and so now you guys are branching off and doing this cafe and I'm just like curious, like for you, is it going to be like really fulfilling to do something completely different or is this like super scary for you? A little bit of both. Um, I think... Anytime we have one of these ideas, it's always like we've seen a need for something. We're like, it would be so cool if someone opened up this, but it wasn't happening in like the five years we've been there. So we're <laughs> like, like you waiting know what? and waiting. We're going to do this. <laughs> Let's be the ones to do this. There has been a couple amazing, like there's 
leaf and stem down the street i don't know if you've gone there it's a plant-based restaurant and like very young couple and they're just like so determined to make that street amazing and we're the same way we're kind of taking over on the other end and like moving and working towards over that block (laughs) (laughs) but it's really cool to see that happen and yeah we're super excited to be a part of that but so shay and i are the owners of pinkavo cafe so it's like my husband and i have studio sashiko her husband and my husband have Ink Barber, and then me and Shay have the cafe. And you guys are really all, keeping it all in the family. They're all connected. Wow. Me and Shay were like, "Well, we need our own thing." <laughs> oh my god, that's beautiful. Did yeah. you have, have you ever seen that thing on like Instagram or Facebook that goes around? I bring this up all the time to Sam. It's like I think it's in Texas. It's like these four couples that bought a cul-de-sac. Oh my gosh, <laughs> and they compound. <laughs> so cute. That's what this is making me think of, and I want that. <laughs> Goes her plan to cafes open up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I have a question for you because I feel like a lot of what you're doing, you make it sound like so simple and so easy. You're like, yeah, I did this, and then I saw there was a need, and then I opened a cat, and then I did this. And then <laughs> I know I'm not really getting into the details, I guess, but <laughs> that's fine. But I'm curious, as someone that like, I mean, I consider you very successful. A lot of people consider oh, you very you. successful. I'm not sure how you consider yourself, but. Are you, like, afraid of failure in all of these moments? Or are you someone that's so much more, like, you're just so focused on, like, what you're doing that you're not even, like, thinking about the failure part? Yeah, I think I'm, Kyle always says I'm the dreamer and he's the one who, like, brings it down to reality and is like, no, 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 we can't <laughs> afford that. And I was like, it would be so cool to do this. Let's just try it. And and I think, like, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not a very nervous person as far as people always ask me to, like, when you tattoo someone's face, are you so nervous? I'm like, I mean, I just do it. I just know I'm not going to do a bad job. I don't know. Maybe that sounds mean of me, but (laughs) you just don't mess up. Like, that's the thing. You just do it and see what happens. And yeah, I think the cafe has definitely had some scary moments. Like, it's taking a really long time to do construction. It's probably going to be about a year until it's almost ready to be open which is annoying and way longer than we thought it would be. But it's all these challenges. So I'm learning a lot about this industry, which is cool. It's something completely different than what I'm used to. But at the same time, like, I would consider myself, I don't know, a little more on the creative side of that. Whereas Shay has more of like a restaurant kind of hospitality business background before she started tattooing as well. So it kind of works hand in hand. We both have our ideas and put them together and... Yeah, we honestly love going to really cute cafes. We're always seeking out the ones on Instagram and like, we need to travel just so we can go to that cafe. Like, I want to go to Bali just so I can go to that like kind community cafe or whatever. Um, So we kind of want to bring a little bit of that, like when people are on vacation in LA or Hawaii or whatever, and they go to that adorable like pink cafe with beautiful Mm. food. It's really good quality and like good vegan food. Um, That's what we want to bring to Langley because there's nothing like that yet. So yeah. It's interesting, like, you talking about, um, like, having people that kind of, like, balance you out that are from, that have kind of, like, a different perspective and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm curious, branching off of that, Alyssa, because you were in the restaurant industry for Mm. years and years and years. So, like, you person that was in kind of like a corporate atmosphere for so long so for you has like how has this transition been for you kind of coming over to like a really creative job something that's more non-traditional is this like so fucking scary for you or debilitating (laughs) yes (laughs) I am not Shaughnessy (laughs) um yeah I mean it's been really scary it was like trying to hand in my resignation letter to my company was like the oh I mean I've been on stage and stuff like that that is worse (laughs) I was there for eight years right it felt like the the biggest breakup I've ever had um and then more so than that it's you know I had like a I would wake up at 5 a.m on Mondays I would do inventory and you know do the numbers and then on Wednesdays or whatever it was I had overlap and like my life was so scheduled um and I did work very hard (laughs) If I could be so bold. Um, I was constantly on my phone answering emails. Like I was the go-to and stuff like that. And I had the answer to every question basically. And if I didn't, then I would find it out. And then I would have the answer next time. And in what I'm doing now, whether it be the podcast or acting um, or literally whatever, because I feel like once you start following your dreams, you're like, oh, but I could do this. Also. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that must be what happened to you. You were oh, like, yeah. oh, well, I did that. <laughs> next. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Next. Um, but yeah, it's when I first started uh, trying to be an actor, I knew I always wanted to be an actor, but 
I basically just poo-pooed on myself that it wasn't um, realistic. And then Sam was like harping on me for seven years and, <laughs> and then finally got Do through. It. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was really scary because I really felt like this tiny little tadpole. And I, you know, like before I was like a big fish. I was like, I got this. And then I was like this little tadpole and I was like, help me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't know. Right. And at every turn I'm like, okay, so like, what do I do now? Like, I don't Mm -hmm. have the answer. And obviously along with that comes the worry about finances. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like you're just burning and burning through your savings. And I mean, I am in a really privileged situation. I live in your house for like dirt cheap. And um, (laughs) you know what I mean? I have a partner who like splits bills with me and stuff. So I kind of have like a leg up already. But regardless, it's still still scary to put that on the line. And also everything you worked for on the line. Yeah, well, and that's what I think is kind of an interesting juxtaposition between you two because, Shaughnessy, I feel like for you, because you have that mindset, it's like you're not even thinking about the what ifs. You're just like, no, I'm just doing it. Like, it's, yeah. and it's, you're not even considering it because that's always been kind of your path, it seems. Whereas with Alyssa, I feel like this is such a different, you're like, I have to do good. I have to whatever because, like, and so that kind of like ominous feeling of failure seems like so much stronger for you Mm. because you're now taking this leap from a traditional job which I think that's more um common like Mm. most people I mean Shaughnessy you're destined for greatness but like (laughs) most people like (laughs) they they aren't just born with that feeling of like yeah I'm gonna take the leap and then I'm gonna do it again and then again and again you know what I mean like that's not as common as as kind of your Mm. thing like it's it's so interesting like your guys is different pathways basically yeah and I I mean I have to remind myself basically every day that like it's gonna be okay (laughs) like that I'm gonna get somewhere and I mean I think that for anybody who is quitting their job even or like just trying to go down a new path the biggest thing is to really notice the small victories Mm. like the first time that I got background work you know if you talk to a working actor it's like "Mm, background work but I mean no like for somebody who's never been in front of a camera that's gonna go to tv that's huge and you should celebrate that and even getting a background agent and getting headshots and stuff like that it's so small in the grand scheme but I mean what like the first time you got your business license or like you you know you wrote your first yeah you hired your first um uh employee or whatever like now it's like well I have seven employees and I have two businesses and I almost (laughs) almost have three but yeah yeah it's good to like sit back and be like wow that's you've come a long way I I just wanted to say that I think you are more brave than me in that sense because (laughs) you've fully quit your job and are now starting something new whereas I'm like I still got this like eyebrow thing next door if this cafe doesn't work out like I kind of have a bit of a backup where you're Mm -hmm. just like I'm going for it that was probably smarter though (laughs) (laughs) no but I think that's cool because you can put your 100% into it where I'm still very much splitting my time and it's hard to like do 100% for both I'm just like I want to do all the things at 10% but it sucks so yeah I think that's really cool to see I think that for me too with having like a you know five to three or seven to five or nine to five job it's it was hard for me to transition because I I don't have like a business right like you you have to get up every morning and be like I'm going to be productive totally and that's probably what it was like for you in the conceptualizing phase as well because you have to be like okay well I have to get like stuff done today um and so it's, it's hard to like I don't know, to to get it done and then be like, oh, I'll just put this off or I'll put that off or, or whatever. Like, I think that that was one of my main struggles was not feeling productive enough mm-hmm. because I worked like I had goals and I was like, OK, this is what I'm doing today. I knew what I was doing. So it was easy to get stuff done. But well, now even like adding on like video clips to like websites that I'm supposed to do, I'm like, well, but but am I going to title it? I literally have a video clip on my computer right now that I haven't uploaded because I don't know what to freaking title it. Like, <laughs> Captions. <laughs> well, and I think, I think that, because just like from watching you go through that transition, it seemed like, because for a while you were, you were thinking like, okay, I'm just going to go to like less days at my traditional job so I can focus more on this. But it was like so hard for you to actually fully do it because you were like, no, I'm so tired from my other job. And now I have to work this other, like I have to work this shift to pick up for someone else. So like I can't take this day on set or whatever. So you had to fully leave it. Mm-hmm. But I think leaving that structure was like really difficult for you because yeah. that was, you knew what was happening. Like you said, like you knew the answers, whatever. So then to kind of wake up and be like, Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) I I would say that it took a good month for me to actually make any like real progress Mm -hmm. um, and to get things going. And I had to just 
cut the bullshit with myself and ask for help. Yeah. And it's not that like I had an ego or anything. I was actually just like, I didn't realize how much people want to help you if you ask. Totally. It's crazy. People do want to share their knowledge with you. So I just started reaching out to people in my community, like the acting community, Um, like people from radio to like background actors to principal actors. It's like all these people went through the same thing. They were at my stage at one point and they want to help. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, why am I not utilizing these free resources that I have? Right. Like there's so many people that you can... um, like at like schedule an information interview from (laughs) right that like want to help you um and I think that that was like huge for me and once that happened then I kind of got the ball rolling but yeah yeah so approachable listeners it is a very exciting day because we have our first sponsorship. Woo! Oh my goodness. <laughs> so HelloFresh is sponsoring this episode and I was honestly lucky enough to get to try HelloFresh and damn, <laughs> it was so tasty. The recipes are so easy to follow and so simple. Like Sam knows I am, I am not a master chef. <laughs> You are now. I well, I am now. Obviously, I honestly I took pictures of every meal that I made because I was like, "You're like that's right." Yeah, my chef friends. Like I wanted to stunt on them. <laughs> <laughs> we were leaving to go uh, down to the states, and we only had like half an hour or something like that before we had to leave. And I was like, "Dude, I'm starving. Like I have to eat." And uh, so I I remembered I'm like, oh, "I have this Hello Fresh in the fridge," and so I made it, and I, it, it took me like 27 minutes. And it was like full on chili in 27 minutes. <laughs> full on chili. Full on chili. <laughs> Not half chili. It was well, full on chili. You know, you have to like simmer chili usually yeah. and like wait for it to taste good. But like with all the ingredients that they gave, like it literally simmered for like, I can't even remember how long, but I like, I was done eating like after making it in 35 minutes and we got the heck out of Dodge. So there you go. I mean, if you're in a rush, it's a hella fresh day. It is. <laughs> but it's just so nice because like Sam and I honestly we go to the grocery store so many times just like trying to figure out okay what are we gonna eat like what are we gonna make today like we're trying to eat like a little differently or whatever and because I had that hello fresh like honestly we didn't go to the grocery store yeah and I still ate well because like sometimes I'll be like I'll just stop on the way home or whatever and then you end up eating like crap yeah exactly and it's like you don't want to be doing that so um it's just it's so simple it's so convenient and then you don't have to like spend time going to the grocery store and like meal planning and whatever and then I can do more things I love like going to my local YMCA with my best friend (laughs) (laughs) so HelloFresh has three meal plans that you can choose from so uh, veggie classic and family Um, you can switch it up whenever you feel like it so if you got like the family plan one month you can get the classic and then if you want to go vegetarian you can get like it's totally up to you and like how many meals you get a month and everything like that um, is totally up to you no judgment. They're fine if you waffle back and forth with your diet. Yeah, like if you, you know, if you if you want to eat that pork taco, you eat that pork taco. You trying to eat a falafel? I made my first falafel. There you go. Thank you, HelloFresh. <laughs> so if you guys want to try HelloFresh, which I think you should, um, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash Approachable80 and enter promo code Approachable80 and they're giving you $80 off your first month of meals. So again, that's HelloFresh.com slash Approachable80 and use promo code Approachable80. Thank you so much, HelloFresh. We appreciate you guys and my tummy appreciates you as well. did you feel like you had any like mentors kind of thing like in any of these things that you've been pursuing like do you feel like there was anyone that really helped you kind of or was it just all from within yeah I feel like um I think Kyle and I had someone ask us this question recently and I think there was a interview somewhere and someone was like is there some one person that really stood out to you and we keep saying um so Kyle used to work at a tattoo studio as well he worked at Adrenaline in Vancouver as a body piercer and the owner of Adrenaline his name's Dave He's amazing, and he's always kind of pushed us, um, even though we're kind of in a very similar industry. It's not necessarily competitive. Yeah, exactly, and he's kind of been like a bit of a like uncle kind of father <laughs> figure in a way. Um, I forgot to mention another one of our jobs when we first moved here. Kyle and I opened, we kind of started a clothing line. So we had like graphic t-shirts and hoodies and stuff and it was a lot of like tattoo artist designs and our designs as well and it actually did very well and we were so excited that it was like shipping in Australia and stuff and it was like a popular thing but all the tiny little details like 
shipping and packaging and folding and putting on the stupid hang tags and all those little (laughs) things made us really hate it to the point where we were like, we can't commit to this. We closed the company and Dave was kind of helping us launch that company. And he was just like, you know what, if it's not working, let's just shut it down. And he was the one who was just like, gave us the voice of reason and pushed us to do something else. And I feel like you kind of need that for someone to be like, that's cool supporting you if you want to do something but also letting you know like if it's not working it's fine and you can do something next and it's It's not the end of the world (laughs) yeah it's almost like this like it's not like actually needed for any reason but it's like almost like someone giving you this permission yeah to like just do what you need to do kind of thing totally if you're both talking about it non-stop you're like it's nice to just have another person involved just to be like you're fine it's fine you're gonna be okay (laughs) so that was kind of like your first toe into the life of like entrepreneurship yeah exactly yeah kind of always had these little random like internet businesses and then realized like oh we're doing this but we're not doing it properly like we don't have a physical space or we don't like we don't have a schedule like you said and Mm -hmm. it was hard to do things out of our apartment and not like have to get dressed and you get really lazy when you're like I can just be at home and not do anything or Mm -hmm. I can actually work and like do more designs and make it grow more but it got to the point where we didn't enjoy it anymore so yeah found something new (laughs) um I'm curious for both of you guys through kind of like these periods of your life of like starting new businesses, Alyssa moving into like a new career choice and stuff like that, what do you guys feel like was one of your biggest mistakes? Shaughnessy, you can take the wheel first. Hmm. I don't even know. I can't even think of Never there was like no everything has been really perfect. No. Um I think there's been a lot of little mistakes that obviously anyone as a business owner would know. Like, okay, crap, I'm not going to do that next time. And I think in the beginning for us was keeping our bank accounts really clean and making sure everything is, like, tracked and every receipt is kept. Because at the end of our first year opening, it was, like, a disaster trying to get our taxes all together. And, like, that stuff that nobody... (laughs) Yeah. And that stuff, like, I know everyone always says that and there's memes about it. Like, no one teaches you in school how to do your taxes. But especially from a business standpoint, like, it's so ridiculous. And I would say... A little tip of advice for anyone trying to open their own business is like create a separate bank account before you make any transactions and make sure it's all listed and you have every paper trail you can and it'll just make your life so much easier later on. That was like a huge stress in the beginning and I think we've kind of figured it out now and we know how to proceed but that's also helping us out in the cafe. I'm like okay we got a new business let's yeah, open a new like bank you know account. Yeah. Like, yeah it's been helpful a lot having a bookkeeper and a good accountant <laughs> and things like that has been great but all the boring side of it that people don't talk about because yeah. it's not as interesting that's all that's like same with the clothing company like all those crappy annoying things that no one wants to do that's what's going to make you hate your job and hate your passion so hire people to do those little things <laughs> yeah. and then focus on like the creative things that you love doing and That'll make your life easier for sure. Yeah. And Alyssa, do you feel like you have a biggest mistake? I mean, I'm sure I'm going to make one. (laughs) But no, I think my only mistake is just like waiting. Mm, Like waiting too long. I felt like I needed to like log so many days on like a background set or like not background set, but like as a background actor or um, take so many classes or whatever before I like was ready to like take the plunge into getting an agent and stuff like that. And I think that if you're passionate about something, taking the like wheel in your own hands quickly there's nothing wrong with it like you're not going to be any worse off because you sent out your information to an agent Mm -hmm. or because you know I mean a hundred dollars is a lot to a lot of people but that's what it cost me to do my demo reel and had I done that at the beginning um I would have gotten an agent a lot sooner and then I would have known the steps to take and maybe I would be here in like March instead of in June right um so I think yeah just I think it has a lot to do with self-confidence as well like don't yeah, don't lower your your worth. Like know your worth. That's yeah. Drake's song <laughs> singing in my head. But like, Shout out Drake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're friends. <laughs> no. Um and and yeah, and like get the ball rolling. Just just like don't stop basically. I still struggle with that every day. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think that it's interesting too because like so many people like that want to kind of take this leap and do something different. It's almost as if they feel like once they do that, that like all of their life experience is gone Mm, (laughs) like that they're like I'm gonna I'm gonna be like homeless I'm gonna be whatever and it's like (laughs) 
okay, but like you still have all of this experience from whatever you were doing beforehand. It's not like you suddenly now aren't as smart, aren't as talented, aren't as experienced, whatever. Like those things still exist in you. And if this doesn't work out realistically, you're not back to like birth. No, you're yeah. back Just to one step back. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> one step back, like to where you were right before you started, which that's been fine for you for however long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I I think that it's just like this fear that if you fail one thing, that means that you failed everything. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so debilitating for so many people. And I think that's what holds people back from actually doing things that they want to do. And it's unfortunate because then I feel like we have a lot of people in um, careers that they don't want to be in. Mm. And it's Mm -hmm. noticeable. Yeah. And you see those people everywhere and it's and it's so unfortunate because I think that everyone does have a purpose and everyone does have something they're truly passionate about whether you found it yet or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and it's and it's just such a disservice to themselves and to the world for people to be in the wrong career space. Yeah, yeah. it's very true. My mom always said, I don't care what you guys do as long as you do it with integrity and you love it yeah yeah and I truly believe that yeah oh my mom was always very supportive like she was always trying to get me to go into acting and stuff like that Mm. like when I moved to Toronto the whole point of me taking that opportunity with my company um not my company but I worked at a restaurant (laughs) Uh, (laughs) we call it our company because we're business partners (laughs) is what we're called instead of employees um was so that I could get into the acting industry but then I always went back to that corporate sort of like where my cash flow was coming from and she was always like take an acting class like do this yeah Uh, and anytime I'm kind of getting like worried about it um you say this as well but she always says like well you can go back Mm -hmm. like I'm not worried about you being able to make money and if I went back to Cactus Club tomorrow and said like hey I would love to come back and work here they would take me back yeah you know what I mean because they're gonna listen to this and be like no we wouldn't (laughs) no but that's the thing too is I think that is important is if you are doing this is to not burn any bridges right like sure when I quit my job I messaged because I worked so much with like head office and um not really head office but like the executives and stuff like that yeah um I messaged the ones that I worked really closely with and told them ahead of time um that I was going to do this and, you know, thanked them for everything because I did. And I I really enjoyed my eight years and stuff like that. And then I, with that, they gave me the support that if I wanted to come back, I could, which is yeah. why I know that I can go back. I'm not just like, hey, they're the best. <laughs> they <But> love me. <laughs> yeah, but they said, they were like, you're always welcome back, you know, in our home, basically, because that's what Cactus was for me, was like my home. Um, and I think that that's important because, and my dad always said this, um, was that you don't want to burn any bridges because you never know where life's going to take you. Mm-hmm. You know, and not that I would have like any bridges, bridges to burn there, but it, it I think it, that's true for anything for like friendships and um people that you meet or whatever you never know who not who can like do stuff for you but like who's gonna be (laughs) impactful in your life later on Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I'm curious Sean to see if your parents have always been supportive because you've always been in such a like non-traditional kind of space have your parents always been supportive of that I think I'm very lucky to have the parents that I do um my parents are also very creative um more so I guess musically creative um, my dad lives in Nelson and it's kind of a hippie now and he's always <laughs> so open to like whatever you want to do. Um, my mom has always pushed me. She's covered in tattoos as well and she's not opposed to my career at all. I've no tattooed wonder, her you're face. you're so cool. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's worked out. My dad was in a band in the 90s. Like it's kind of a, it sounds It's really all cool, coming right? together now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because my husband's family, like they're born in Japan. They're a little more traditional. They do not like tattoos. And in the beginning, like they were like, why are you doing this? What is this career choice? Like you guys should not be doing this. Yeah. They were being realists about it, which was good. But now they're like, wow, this is kind of cool. And we've kind of changed their mind in a way. So cool to have both sides I guess Mm -hmm. yeah it's I don't know sometimes it's I always say my mom when I was picking out like wedding dresses with her she was like I love everything everything looks great on you whereas (laughs) like other people I've talked to were like well maybe this one you should try this one like she won't give me a bad opinion she'll just be like I love everything so it's good to have both sides I guess yeah true (laughs) it's funny like I almost kind of because like my parents are very supportive as well and like for a while I kind of felt like because they were so like yeah do anything I was like you know, if someone's like, draw something. Yeah. You're like, uh, oh, okay. But like, if <laughs> someone was like, draw a fish, you'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah. it, it was sort of that where I was like, I almost had nothing to go off of because they were just like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, but oh, okay. <laughs> but what though? <laughs> and like, it, it is just like interesting how I think that, I think that 
different people can bring such different perspectives that help you in so many different ways kind of thing and like I think a lot of people are under the impression that if they just met this one person that was going to tell them the right thing kind of thing but it's like it really is about like taking from everything around you all of your experiences and bringing them into the next thing not like leaving this world behind you in the past and like even for you Alyssa like I think that you took so much from your job Mm -hmm. into this next career like your work ethic and your ability to schedule and all that and get back to people and stuff like you took all of these things that you really like learned and like honed in on Mm. in that corporate space into this creative career you weren't just Mm -hmm. like fuck you guys like I'm (laughs) I'm an actress now like you know like you you had yeah you you took you took those skills and applied them to this yeah yeah one I think that's important like in 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 so many different facets of your life you have mentors and people Mm -hmm. at Cactus were such mentors to me I mean because I traveled Canada with them opening the new stores they really were like a pseudo family to me so when I was going through all these things I mean when I started at Cactus I was 17 yeah so you know I grew as a woman and I watched all of these other really strong independent women um growing next to me and giving me advice and the managers and stuff um and like we had specific mentors even that were kind of like assigned to us if if we were like on the track to management or whatever um and those people can teach you so much because they've been through it right and even with like emailing and like how I speak to people professionally I mean when I'm on the podcast I'm just chilling but (laughs) but if (laughs) I was a different Alyssa (laughs) yeah but and that's so true because like on Mondays that was my inventory day like you should have heard me talking to the BC liquor stores okay (laughs) but it is and it's it's a uh it's a skill and even being charismatic is a skill and being personable is a skill because you can't you can't manage people around you without being somewhat personable right and I think that people forget or don't like to recognize that those things are skills too so they're like I don't have any skills but it's like but you do yeah 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 I think that a lot of people like don't really realize like what makes them so special Mm -hmm. and like I think that the things that we view as like our strengths if we are in a position to like realize their strengths because I think there's a lot of people that don't take the time to like learn that about themselves but I think the things that we think are our strengths versus what other people think about us is usually so different totally oh yeah even what Sam thinks are my strengths I'm like what (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's so funny I'm curious Shaughnessy first of all do you consider yourself successful the reason I ask is because I feel like especially with the kind of interlace of having that social media side to your business I think that a lot of people can kind of like look at you from afar and be like oh she's so successful she's doing so well she's so whatever like and I feel like a lot of people look at my life like that but there was a long time where people thought that I was really successful but I didn't feel that way Mm -hmm. so my first question is do you feel like you're successful and also if you do why do you think you are I I feel like I'm kind of on the same page as you is where I Maybe I'm still in that mode where I'm, like, kind of comparing myself to other people that may have more followers than me or whatever. Mm. Like, I definitely have a lot more clients than a lot of other artists out there. Like, I'm kind of swamped in that sense. And I I would say I'm successful in gaining that clientele. Um, But I think for me, my focus has shifted. Where in the beginning, I was like, yeah, I want to make cool eyebrows. I want to do this for people. But now I've gotten so much more meaningful work under my belt that I, like tattoo a lot of clients with breast cancer and a lot of clients who've lost their hair and I feel like my focus has shifted where I may view success in like the more clients I can help with those kind of aspects rather than like the cosmetic side of things I I tend to switch my name to restorative tattoo artist instead of cosmetic tattoo artist because I want to I don't know be able to restore features for people rather than just like fill in your eyebrows a little bit yeah um so for me like I have so many other goals now where I would prefer to take my business and turn it into like a nonprofit or something and be able to offer these services for free for people and just do more like do more as much as I can so I feel like that's when I'll be successful yeah it's almost like a little more known for yeah it's like the vision of success has like shifted from being you yeah to like the work and the the people and like and kind the of impact yeah 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 like it's like a less like not that success is like selfish but like it's kind of like you know making it completely not about you at all totally and I guess success is kind of a weird word because you you strive for one thing and then when you get there you're like I've succeeded I've I've done it but then <laughs> there's like so many more things so I don't know you're I guess you're never fully satisfied and you're never 
I, I don't know, I guess successful in some people's eyes. And I've definitely succeeded in doing a lot of the goals that I've wanted to do. But I don't know. But I wouldn't yeah, consider like, myself like a, a successful public <laughs> figure or anything like that. But I mean, it's great that other people might think that about me. I'm, I'm flattered for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cool that you, you like reached your goals, but it didn't stop you from yeah like making new ones, basically. That's true. And, and if, unfortunately, in this industry, I've seen so many artists... It really sucks but they've gotten into this because of the money because it's such a popular thing and they're like oh I can charge whatever hundreds of dollars for eyebrows and I can do this many a day and then I'll make this much money and like that's mm. their focus and for me that was never my focus like in, even in the beginning I was like I might do this maybe once or twice a week and see what happens and it just blossomed which was great but even still I think I mean Kyle I would say is a little more not money driven but he's more money focused on the business side of things and I'm very much like how can we do this how can we make <laughs> yeah. this look awesome and it's like you're focused kind of on the people growth like yeah like making something kind of thing like and and I think that honestly like it is really positive to have two sides of that coin because I think so too I think me and like my partner are quite similar in that like he's like f- like money like that's oh, like yeah. all, like he's like he wants to do spreadsheets he wants to run the numbers <laughs> like and I'm like oh I literally don't want to see another number in my life (laughs) yeah same that's like so not my focus I don't even want to think about it like I just want to do what I have to do and to to make whatever idea I have come to life kind of thing yeah and I'm like you can you can do the numbers back (laughs) here (laughs) and I'm like and I just want to be over here doing what I want to do kind of thing but I think that it is really positive because you you need to have I think that a lot of people and, and often people that are really driven in the beginning, they believe they can do everything themselves. Yeah. But it's to their detriment because if you are, like you said, like employing people to do what they're good at, mm-hmm. that is how that success grows so much more rapidly because you're not stressing yourself out being like, no, I can I can do the bookkeeping and I can do this yeah. and I can do that, whatever. Like you're allotting those, like you're, you're giving those jobs to the people who can actually do them. Yeah, the professionals. Efficiently, you know. That being said though, like I, I still am kind of, I want to do everything like Kyle can handle the numbers but as far as like I do our own website I do all the branding like everything creative within the business I'm like no I don't want to give that away to anyone else but I don't have time to do it all and like the Instagram I'm still posting on our page as well as my own and it's a lot but I'm having a hard time delegating those things I think Oh, go Sorry. Ahead. <laughs> I just thought of this. Uh, one of my mentors at Cactus, um, my favorite man ever, he once told me aces in their places. And I honestly think that every single day of my life when I see people or businesses or just even thinking of myself, like even in my relationship, I'm like aces in their places, which like Matt is an ace at um, the business side. You're an ace at um, like the conceptualization of like even spaces, like we're redesigning a part of the house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think that that's so important because everybody does have their strengths and I think that it's so much more important to focus on your strengths and having people who can lift you up Yeah, yeah. in the places where you might be not as like solid. Um, and yeah, and I feel like some people do try to lift that up, but it's like, why not be both up? I have my hands up. <laughs> why not be both up here instead of like, you know, just trying to like raise that other bar? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, focus on what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm curious, you were talking about, Shaughnessy, about um, like wanting to do all the things basically. And I'm I'm curious, do you feel like a lot of pressure to always be productive? Like, are you someone that when you go home at night, you're like, oh, I, I, I can't just like lay down and chill because like I have to do this shit? Um, in a sense, I think I'm very creatively driven in my mind, but I'm physically very lazy. <laughs> so, Same. So as soon, I Kyle always has to deal with this too, as soon as I'm done work, I'm in my like work mode and I've got to kind of have small talk with my clients all throughout the day and fo- like hyper focus on doing really fine details on their faces. And then as soon as I'm in the car on the way home, I'm just like zombie mode, um, I mean, I also have very low iron and some anemia issues. I'm like, maybe that's the reason. But yeah, it's almost like when you're overly creative for too long in the day, you kind of shut down. But then at the same time, I'm at home and I'm like, I need to be on my computer and do something or like plan for something or edit photos or post something. Like I'm always working when I'm at home, but I am just sitting on the couch. So yeah. Emotional fatigue is a real thing. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Yeah, I think that a lot of people feel 
well, and I think that there's kind of like this um, this mentality that I feel like we've kind of started to grow up with now of this idea of like hustle hard, you know, yeah. like it's like work hard, play hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's like everyone's like wanting you to be fully engaged all the time doing what the most kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that it's that's also to your detriment because you do burn out at some point and at some point you're not operating to the same level that you could be because you're so focused on like pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing that you don't even realize that you aren't doing anything at 100% or even 10% now. Yeah, that's what I tell all the (laughs) girls at our studio too. I'm like, yeah, it's great if you're booking a lot and you're, I guess your paycheck is amazing. But at the same time, you can't do like seven clients in a day. Your your sixth and seventh client is going to suffer because you're not going to be in it. You're going to so develop like, early onset arthritis. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You'll be able to cross ahead a little bit. Yeah, yeah. there's, you got to know your limits, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, Alyssa, how you feel about that. Because with Shaughnessy, like you kind of have this business set up. And like in some ways, I'm sure that it does kind of run itself. And like you have employees and mm-hmm. people doing their thing. So if you really needed to like step away or whatever, you kind of could. Yeah. Um, but with Alyssa, because like you are at the very, very beginning of pursuing kind of like this new career do you feel that pressure to like always be productive like do you feel like you're not doing enough yeah I I definitely feel like I'm not doing enough and the thing with acting from like the little that I know about the industry now um is that you really there is a lot of waiting yeah because you can't just call and be like I want to be on set today (laughs) it's like it has to come to you (laughs) I'd like like to come into work (laughs) (laughs) yeah once you put out once you put yourself out there by getting an agent having headshots and whatever they have to call you. And so if you're not on set, you're like, okay, well, like now I'm looking for casting director workshops and then what what can I take on outside? Like, can I take on scene studies, audition classes, whatever? Like now I'm studying scenes at home and I should be studying the scene. And um, actors always say you should always be memorizing a script because memorizing is, it's a skill. Yeah, for And sure. if you don't do it, I mean, Sam knows, I struggle with like memorizing scripts like nobody's business. You've gotten a lot better. Because I'm practicing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. And um, Sam can attest to this. Anytime we're like trying to do something, I'm like, Ugh, I should be studying my scene. It's just like, it's almost like that guilt factor. And if I don't do it, and it doesn't even matter, like my scene right now is like fully memorized. Um, and like I've done it three times now um, for this month. But even still, if I'm not practicing it, I'm like, I should be practicing it. Mm -hmm. Like, I do deal with a lot of the guilt for being like, okay, well, how can I, like, focus on acting a little bit more today? Or, like, what? Because that's what people always say, right? Like, what have you done today to get to your goal? Yeah. And if I haven't done anything that day to get to my goal, then, yeah, I feel guilty. Yeah, it feels like time wasted, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also this mentality of, like, it's not like, what did you do today to get to your goal? And you're like, well, I did this one thing. It's more so, like, how did you utilize your entire day? Yeah, to get exactly. To your, like, and I, and I think that it does kind of spark this guilt, and I definitely feel that because I feel like during the day I'm I'm doing things, I'm working, I'm running errands, I'm doing whatever I need to do, kind of thing. But it's like as soon as I lay down at night, I'm like, oh god, like I should I should <laughs> Not be enough. Doing, yeah, like it's like I should have be, I should have done this, I should have done this tomorrow. Like I have to wake up early so that I can do this, that, and the other thing. And it's just like. you do get so you never feel like you're accomplished and I think that's such an interesting part of of success and and the perspective from other people because like Alyssa I look at you and I'm like yeah like you're doing it like you're making it happen you're you're doing what you need to do you're going to the meetings you're getting the agents whatever and of course like Shaughnessy I look at you and I'm like you're phenomenal like you have these (laughs) businesses like you're so successful like you're building like this real like empire for yourself Mm -hmm. and I look at myself and I'm like Oh, I'm such a piece of shit. <laughs> like, like I'm, just, I'm just like focused on like what I didn't do. Whereas like I look at everyone else and I'm focusing on what they have done. And like when you talk to me, Alyssa, about, you know, these fe- feelings and guilt and whatever, it's so easy for me to look at you and be like, no, like look at what you've done. Like this is such a short amount of time where like you quit your job to follow this and do this and you have agents and you have whatever and you're going on set. Like, and so for me, it's so easy to look at what other people have done. Yeah. And then to look back at myself and be like, yeah, but. Well, it's the same, like you said earlier, like we focus on our qualities so much differently than mm-hmm. other people would see them in us. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we see we we're the harshest critics on ourselves, right? Like that's so cliche, but it's cliche because it's true. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, it's easy to fo- focus on what we're not doing. Yeah. Um, I'm curious how both of you define success. I feel like you touched on this a little bit, Shaughnessy, talking about like your restorative work. But mm-hmm. if you want to speak further on it. Um. There's actually a quote, I'm sure it's been around for years, but I went to 
the Barack Obama talk when he was in town and he no said way. it really stuck with me to the point where I'm like I need this on a t-shirt and all, like everything <laughs> in my life but he said do good while you're doing well which to me maybe means something totally different but I think it means like while you are succeeding and while you're doing well in your business like do good things for others and mm. like give back as much as you can and I feel like that to me will reflect as success in a lot of other people's eyes but also you feel more happy within yourself For like because sure. everyone says like money doesn't yeah. equal happiness and if you're successful in the money business side but then you feel like crap afterwards like as long if you're giving back and you're helping so many other people I feel like that will make you happy as well so much more fulfilling yeah yeah and Alyssa what about for you um I think millions of dollars. <clears throat> How do I say this? Would I love to be a millionaire? Sure. Yeah, of course. Um, but no, I think that I define success as happiness because in my life, I've, that's, and it's from when I was like way too young, like it was before my time. But um, I always said like, I just want to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I know that happiness is like, it's, it's not just like a straight path, right? Like you're not just like one day you arrive at happiness. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it ebbs and flows. But when I'm on set doing background work, even though it's like, you know, not crazy stuff, it's hard work, honestly, yeah. like sometimes, um, I'm so happy because I'm passionate about it because I love being on set. And like, I mean, if anybody's getting in the acting industry for money, like don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Any industry, <laughs> you know? really. Yeah, it's like the point zero 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 one percent that makes a ton of money. Um, but that is where my passion lies. And my passion lies in this podcast and when I'm editing the podcast and doing things when like when they make me happy like when I first like left being like drinking a lot and like the party scene and stuff like that um I had to relearn what I like to do Mm -hmm. because I didn't know anymore because my identity was so caught up in that and so now and it's been so long now but like now I'm still kind of learning because I you know I spent so much time like focusing on other things and now I'm like wow I really do like it just like lights up that certain center of my brain when I'm editing the podcast when I'm you know trying to figure out how we can like do something new like are we gonna release more podcasts yeah you know can I get on set did I go to an audition like all of those things you know release something or like light up a certain cortex scientist let me know (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so I think that just as long as I'm doing something every day that makes me happy um that I feel like that's successful well and I, I remember you saying at one point I think that at one point like you actually had to physically like write down like what was making you happy mm-hmm. um so that you would remember and you would acknowledge that because I do That's feel like <laughs> yeah like I, I feel like a lot of people just kind of like let their life pass them by and they're they're not like being grateful for what's happening right now they're not acknowledging their strengths all of these kinds of things there's this one quote this is like super cornball it's not as good as your Obama quote um, <laughs> but um this one quote just said like what if you woke up tomorrow with everything that you thanked it said thanked God for but if you're not religious whatever um it said what if you woke up tomorrow only with the things you thanked God for yesterday mm-hmm. and I just think that's such an interesting way to like reflect as well because I do feel like we just are so focused on what we haven't done, what isn't right, we're not there yet, whatever kind of thing, that we're not focusing on what is right now. Mm-hmm, and yeah. the more that you kind of practice that gratitude and that, you know, expression of, of happiness and, and what does make you happy and making sure that you are doing those things every day, mm-hmm. even if it's a small thing like reading, going for a walk, whatever kind of thing, being in nature, those are the things that make you feel happy those are the things that make you more likely to be successful, more likely to be driven, more likely to be focused because you are not just focused on this one goal, but focused on yourself as a whole and like Mm -hmm. building you rather than building a thing. Well, and success is so different for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like I have friends who would be so happy to have like a two bedroom apartment for the rest of their life and um or like a little house or whatever with a little plot of land and success to them would be that they have the time at night to make a little bonfire and like roast marshmallows with their friends yeah and enjoy and their home right it, yeah yeah exactly so busy that you can't that sucks <laughs> yeah and so it's like it is success like monetarily based no i don't think it should be yeah i mean mm-hmm. does money make it easier to to live of course yeah yes i'm i would never deny that but the amount of money that you need differs for every person for like their wants and and yeah I just think that it's so nice somebody actually told me that one time because I used to be very judgmental when I was like in high school and a kid and stuff um and they told me they were like but what if these people are just happy sitting on their couch 
and like watching movies and stuff like that like they're not hurting anybody they're going to their job they just don't they don't want to move they don't want to travel and i'm just like you're so right yeah like who am i to say like their success doesn't look like my success like my version of success so they aren't successful it must yeah Yeah. they must not be successful and i think that that's an important distinction to make as well yeah that's true and like I um this was something that I had like talked to my therapist about because I feel like really immense guilt about the fact that like my my family is like full of like really hardworking people kind of thing and they've always just been like whatever you need me to do I'm gonna do it like there's no job beneath them like whatever kind of thing um and I feel like super immense guilt because I feel like I haven't worked as hard as them but I've been more successful like financially um and I like my therapist at some point was like but but do your parents feel that way? Like, do, are your parents happy with their life? And I'm like, yeah, like, I think they really enjoy their life. Like, yeah. I think that for them, the only thing they cared about was having, like, us kids and, like, making sure we were healthy and happy. And, like, that is the most fulfilling thing to them. So, mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, great. So what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah. you know, like, it's like that's, that is their success. Like, and that is what's so fulfilling for them. And I think that there's this idea that, in our culture in our society that like you have to be the one percent to be successful and it's like if that doesn't feel right to you if that doesn't jive with you that might not be your idea of success and you might be chasing after this you know kind of ideology that isn't that doesn't it doesn't you know resonate resonate with you um and I think that that was something for me as well that like through being an influencer I thought well, if I'm at the top, if I have the most followers, if I have the most money, if I have the whatever, I'm going to be happy at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's been through kind of going going through this whole transition of being like, okay, I'm I'm in like one of the larger, like the top percentages of influencers and stuff like that. I make really good money, whatever. And I'm not any happier for it. Yeah, it's kind like, of the same, right? Yeah, and, and, and I realized at some point, like, I had to take the um, attention off of that and focus on the things around me of what actually did make me happy. And then in that, realizing that I do consider my myself successful through my friendships, through my relationships, through, you know, like, <laughs> my relationships with my dogs, like, just different, <laughs> you know, those are the things that are fulfilling and, and that's what makes me feel successful and, like, I've done good in, like, this life is, like, those things and so I had to kind of let go of this idea of what I thought success was going to look and feel like Mm -hmm. and focus more on what actually I perceive as success I think I realized that this year too is like I was always striving to have more followers more people could see my work like I'll be more successful but I'm honestly I don't have time to take on more clients I don't (laughs) need more of that so this year I told myself like as far as Instagram goes I'm not gonna try to curate my feed and be so specific about what I'm going to post I'm like I'm going to post a picture of my dog or my shoes or whatever (laughs) like people don't like those photos as much but I don't even care it makes me happy and same with like I follow probably almost 4,000 different accounts because like if something has made me happy and I saw their page I'm going to follow it like I'm not going (laughs) to be so like oh I don't I want one to look like I have yeah so many people that I'm following (laughs) and same with like the little moments in your life that you said like if you're just hanging out on the couch if you're enjoying it Mm -hmm. that's not a waste of time like I feel like I'm focusing more on that like if I'm just hanging out with my dogs all day I don't think of that as a day wasted anymore whereas I used to be like I have so many things I should have been doing yeah Yeah. well and it's interesting too so um I'm close with this family that's like been just very 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 successful Mm um and they you know like now these people are in like kind of like entering into their 60s and stuff like that and just now they're starting to realize that like that 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 feeling of like oh I didn't focus on family enough I didn't focus on Mm -hmm. friends enough and like coming to that realization so late because they were just so hyper focused on expanding and growing and being more successful and where can we put our money now and how can we grow it and whatever that it took that long for them to get to this point where they were like oh (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, that that isn't gone and you know and, yeah and it's like yeah. and that isn't what success is that's true it's yeah, yeah. makes me sad <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I think yeah something my therapist said to me the other day um was showing up as your authentic self is like so important yeah and then living an authentic life for you and it shows it bleeds into your life it bleeds into relationships and yeah, and I think that you do that, Shaughnessy. I think that you are oh, your authentic you. self. It's, <laughs> it's showing up. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to close this with a question for everyone. 
um, what, or not a question so much as a query. <laughs> if you could give one piece of advice, this is the most cliche question. If you could give one piece of advice to someone who's wanting to pursue something different, what would it be? Shaughnessy, go. Mm. Well, I kind of said earlier, like the bank account thing. <laughs> be, be more, I cannot stress be enough an accountant. <laughs> Don't go into debt. Um, but yeah, I think now that we've been chatting so much, like do something that makes you happy. Like don't just do something because everyone's doing it and it's a popular thing or whether it's like a beauty related service that everyone's doing. Like we've all seen eyelash extensions were so popular and everyone started doing them and now everyone's doing them and you can't get busy anymore. So if you're doing it for that reason, I'd say stop. Yeah. Maybe like take some time and like Alyssa, find out what you were really passionate about and like make it happen <laughs> focus 100% on that kind of stuff that's Alyssa that's yeah that's what I would say I would say don't discredit your passions when you're a quote-unquote kid mm. because I think that that's where the most genuine passions come from and I think that it's such an old kind of ideology that you can't make ends meet from what you're passionate about because we do live in a day and age where you can you can be who whoever you want to be yeah um so if that's making like custom jewelry or um you know bouquets of dried flowers or whatever like there's so many just different things like if you are passionate about it you can do it yeah Yeah. and so i would say like don't discredit that and don't wait (laughs) yeah i guess yeah I am going to say something that i've said so many times to so many people (laughs) and everyone's sick of it um (laughs) i feel like in life you can treat everything as a closed door or an open one and I think that that is a choice that you can decide to make over and over again and I think that so many people when they have different experiences happen in their life they're like well that door is closed and I can't go down that avenue anymore and now like now what because now I'm useless and like I um the reason I started being an influencer a lot of people know this but um for those of you that don't the reason I started in this career is because I was actually fired from my job and in that moment all I felt was I'm like worthless no Mm. one's gonna want to hire me now like I don't have a reference how am I gonna get another job like and it just feel felt like all of these doors were closing around me and it wasn't until like I kind of like repositioned that mindset into no now I have so much time and so much ability to do other things yeah and even if that door is closed it doesn't matter it's closed behind me and all of these doors in front of me are open and so I think that stop feeling like nothing is is there for you and if you don't know your passion or if you don't you haven't decided what you want to do that like you don't have an option that means that you have all the options exactly (laughs) like if you don't know what your passion is then then that's fantastic because you're going to spend a lot of time doing some really fun things to find what that passion is so um that's where I want to leave this off Shaughnessy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was fantastic to have you join us. If you guys want to check out Shaughnessy, you can follow Studio Sashiko on Instagram, and you can also follow Shaughnessy. Um, All the links will be in the description box. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you, you. Shaughnessy. And we will see you guys next time. Bye.